Welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh. Well, we're back after a pandemic-sized break. On today's episode, we've got Antonia joining us. Antonia is a member of the Point Hacks writing team and recently went on a trip to London via Darwin. When we booked the trip, which of course was booked entirely on points, we really wanted to get a sense of what it's like to fly using points in business class as the world starts to open up. Antonia shares the experience of her entire trip from start to finish and gives us good insight regarding what London is like at the moment as COVID restrictions start to ease. So we're recording now? We're technically recording. So (laughs) Antonia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've done a Point Hacks podcast. So it's great to have the microphones on again. Yeah. Um, And it's great to be able to fly again, like internationally. Absolutely. What a thrill that was. (laughs) It's been three and a half years, I realized, since I went overseas because before... Before COVID, I actually had my son, so it's been ages. Wow. Yeah, well, very exciting. We've got, we've got an interesting trip to talk about today, but I, I thought the best way to start off is to introduce you know, who you are to the Point Hacks audience. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you, you joined Point Hacks, what, nine yeah. months ago? Yeah, I joined at the end of June um, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, before that, I'd worked as a writer for a million years. Uh, my background's in academia, so I kind of... Came from there, did a PhD in creative writing. And then it was actually when I was finishing off my PhD that I had a lot of nervous energy. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to launch a lifestyle blog just to take my mind off my grueling PhD. So I've always loved um, travel and food and fashion. So I launched um, The Dressed Fork in 2017. Um, and that kind of went well. And it was a way to, you know, channel my passion for just travel as well. Um, so that's kind of my background really. And, um, yeah, so I joined, joined Point Hacks as, um, a travel writer and an SEO specialist. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on, but I've taken on a lot of, um, editing duties since I joined as well. Um, so that's been pretty cool, but this is actually my first work trip because of course COVID. <laughs> so, you know, I joined in June, but this is my first trip. So very exciting. First of many. Yeah. Well, well we, uh, we, we thought it was a you know, when we, I know that when you were looking at this trip in in the planning phase, yeah, you know, there was a real uh, you wanted. To, my understanding was you want to get a real sense of what it's like to try and you know play the points game, travel business class, using yeah. your points overseas to London um, in a post COVID era. Yeah, absolutely. We really just wanted to see what it was like on the ground in London, what the you know, what it's actually like flying um, internationally at the moment, what the COVID requirements are. Is it a nightmare? Is it easy? And, you know, we were actually kind of delighted to find that it was it was actually really quite simple. Flying to the UK is probably one of the easiest and least onerous places you can actually fly at the moment. Yeah. As long as you're fully vaccinated, you don't need... You don't need to quarantine or self-isolate on arrival. You don't need a. You don't even need a COVID test. You literally board the plane, <laughs> arrive in London, waltz off the plane, and start your day. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, like so, let, let's let's go over sort of what you, the, the the trip in total. So, yeah. What was what was the trip? Who did you fly and where did you fly? Yeah. So overall, the trip. So I flew Qantas Business, um, Melbourne to London via Darwin on the Dreamliner which was absolutely incredible. We'll mm-hmm. probably talk more about that in a minute. Um, then I had a whirlwind three days in London, which were incredible. 
Um, and then I actually flew home a little bit more of a convoluted route. So I flew London, Amsterdam on British Airways business, then Amsterdam, Singapore on KLM business, and then Singapore, Melbourne on Qantas business. So what what made you choose that route on the way back? Yeah. So actually what happened was we'd actually booked um, the flight over there, the Qantas Dreamliner flight um, for February um, and we had a return flight, but then we decided to push it back, just wait a little bit until the UK was kind of past their peak until restrictions eased a little bit, which they did. Uh, so we pushed it back to early March, um, got it easily, quite easily got a, a flight over there, found mm. availability, but getting home was more of an issue. So mm. that's why we kind of ended up doing that slightly longer route because that's what we could find um, at the time. But it actually ended up being great because KLM is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't flown on KLM myself, so I'm, I'm keen to hear a bit more about it. Yeah. Um, so so what was that? What was the booking? experience like these days how did you find availability how, how did you find how easy or difficult was it actually finding these seats yeah well i mean it was so i'd booked for february and it was actually january when um mike the ceo of point Hacks and i decided no you know what let's push it back to march mm. so it was only it was in mid-jan that i actually went and you know cancelled my feb booking and looked for um, reward availability to london in march found it yeah, so it, it that that part was actually not not hard at all. There was good availability on Qantas um, to London. It was just yeah, as I said, it was just a little bit more difficult getting home. So we had to be a bit more creative. Yeah, yeah. I guess one of the benefits of working at Point Hacks is you there's a few creative people. Around yeah, that's right. These, these routes. <laughs> that's right. But I guess the takeaway there is that there's there's definitely award seats available. Yeah, yeah, and you don't necessarily have to book. You know nine months in advance like although you, still recommended yeah it, it's good if you can but you know if you if you're going hoping to go in a few months you might be lucky you might find something yeah and obviously as the world opens up a bit more and people are getting more comfortable with travel yeah. that's probably going to change yeah but it is good to see that um that there are the seats that seats are out there and they are available you know get, yeah get booking yeah 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 <laughs> you see that seat you want to book it you want to jump on it yeah was there any specific decision to fly KLM outside of outside of availability? It was it kind of well we found we found this route we're like oh okay we can actually you know fly via Amsterdam and then Mike and I thought you know what that would actually be great to try out KLM. I mean they don't fly out of Australia so mm. you know it's 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 more of a slightly rare opportunity to fly with them. So let's I think it'd be good to get a feel for what the, the travel experience was like now that we're, you know, we're, we're coming out of a lot of COVID restrictions, but there are still some in place. You've got a business, you've got a, your, your bum's on a business class seat. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Points. Um, you're leaving Melbourne. You're going via Darwin. Yeah. What was, what was that experience like? You know, checking in. Yeah. You know, the lounge experience. It Talk was, it was actually it was actually fine, easy. Melbourne airport was super quiet. So mm. I checked in easily. The only there was the only thing I'd say about checking in in Melbourne, so you have to show your documents. Um, and that includes, you know, apart from your passport, obviously, you have to show um, your international COVID certificate, which just as a little side note is different to your digital COVID certificate that we have, you know. I've, I've heard this yeah. has caught a few people out. Yeah. So, you know, people might think, oh, I've got my digital COVID certificate that I have on Medicare that I show to, you know, check in places, but it's actually different. Although having said that, it's very easy to get it. You do get it through Medicare. You can get it through the Medicare app, but you just have to actually go in and kind of create it. And it just takes a few minutes. And is there any way that you like, 
how do you, is there a special way you need to present it to the ground staff? Um, I, this is probably one of my biggest takeaways from this trip, just in terms of COVID requirements is print everything. So when I was checking in in Melbourne, I had printed my, um, international COVID certificate, which was fine. Um, but then as I was just, you know, I was just in the queue, there was just a couple of people ahead of me and I thought, okay, I'll just, um, you need to arrive in the UK, you need a UK passenger locator form. You need to fill that out. Um, but you can only, as with many of these forms, I, as I found out, you can only fill them out and say in the, the 48 hours before you fly. Mm. So I was at home, you know, the night before I left, I filled in my UK passenger locator form um, online and then thought, okay, cool. I saved a copy to my computer and then I emailed it to myself and the, e- the email had the attachment. So I thought at the airport, I'll just, you know, I don't have a printer. So I'll just open my phone, you know, show them the attachment. So I'm in the queue, open my phone, go to the email and it says um, the attachment won't work on iPhones for security reasons. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh no, oh crap. I wish I'd known that. So then I, you know, spent five minutes kind of going into my, uh, you know, getting my computer out, like get doing it that the way, taking screenshots, yeah. just going, oh my God. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Little, little tip, uh, print things. Don't, yep. don't rely on your phone because- and they if, may not work. And if you are going to run on your phone, check it beforehand. Check it beforehand. Just to make sure just that to make the sure. compatibility is not going to be an issue. Yeah. So, just keep that in mind. Other than that, it was super simple. Checked in, um, literally breezed through customs. There was no one ahead of me. It was completely dead. Mm-hmm. Um, had a nice little waltz through duty-free, very, very quiet. And then, um, yeah, went to the Qantas First Lounge. Now, the Qantas First Lounge, like... Is this something that people can expect to experience if they're flying business? Well, not usually. So it's usually for first class or platinum um, platinum frequent flyers. But something else great at the moment about flying business is that the um, Qantas International Business Lounge is actually closed at the moment. Just they don't quite have the capacity to open it yet. Um, yet. So for the time being, you get to go to the beautiful Qantas First Lounge, and let me tell you, it is lovely. Oh, it is. I, I hear it's. Not quite the first, the complete first class experience that yeah. you would have got pre-COVID because it's a bit of a, a mesh of the two uh, offerings in one. Yeah, right. So I was talking to kind of the the, the woman who was managing it, um, and she gave me a bit of a tour. And so the menu is reduced. Mm. Um, so rather than having the more extensive menu, they have an all-day menus, which has just from memory, it has about four different dishes you can order. Um, and of course, you must get the signature salt and pepper squid. But more on that you in a must. second. You absolutely <laughs> must. Um, this, they usually have a, a spa. She gave me a little a little tour. It's not open at the moment. Usually, you can book in for a twenty minute spa treatment, like twenty four hours before you travel. Um, but it, the word is that it's reopening on the twenty seventh of March. That's what um, she told me. So fingers crossed for that. Um, but I mean, the drinks were incredible. It was free flow um, champagne. There was. You know, you get a couple of cocktails. Um, as I said, I ordered the salt and pepper squid. It was incredible. Neil Perry um, does the menu for, for Qantas and has done for many years. And as we all know, he's an incredible chef. So they're very, you know, spicy, crispy, incredible green chili dipping sauce, free flow Piper Heidsick champagne. Then I finished up with the signature pavlova, which is like a little bit deconstructed, delicious. I was a happy girl. <laughs> So then you jumped on a plane to Darwin. Yeah, that's right. So it was a four and a bit um, hour flight to Darwin and then we had a 90 minute transit in Darwin and then we uh, reboarded with new crew. 
um, and flew 17 and a half hours to London. So, what was the transit experience in Darwin like? Because this this isn't yeah. a typical route for for Qantas. No. It's not it's not going to stay around. So, you, yeah. you've got probably quite a a rare glimpse into into what that experience is yeah, like. Yeah, right. So usually they fly um, they fly via Perth, of course, um, but until June uh, this year they were, they're flying via Darwin. So it was actually great. Um, you know, the four and a bit hour flight to Darwin had a really really lovely warm um, kind of Australian Qantas crew who were just thrilled to be back in the air. And I spoke to spoke to one of the the women. Um, you know, it was her second flight back, you know, obviously stood down during COVID and she was just so excited to be back in the air. It was really touching. I bet. Um, but yeah, transiting in Darwin was great. Just literally walked off the plane. You had to take your bags because they were cleaning and um, there was a new crew. Take your bags. And then the um, the Qantas Catalina Lounge, which is serving as the transit lounge um, while, you know, this flight is operating, was just there, didn't have to walk at all. Um, you know, it was a cozy little lounge. Like it wasn't, it wasn't big. It wasn't super luxurious, but it did have a really nice feel because it was mm-hmm. local staff. They were really excited to be there. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really, really good experience. I, I don't even know if we were quite there for 90 minutes. Um, we were slightly late leaving Melbourne. So I think they, they probably cut short our time in Darwin a little and before we knew it, we were back on board. There we go. So what was the, so 17 hours, you've, you've still got some COVID restrictions on the plane. What was you know, you're up the front, which helps. Yep. What was what was the overall experience like? It was fantastic. So, other than wearing a mask. So what 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 was the mask requirement, realistically speaking, in the air? Yeah. Look, the the requirement in the air, and this was for all of the flights and airports, like every all around the world, as far as I know. Um, so you need to wear a mask basically if you're not eating or drinking. Um, so. You know, I just made sure I was eating or drinking a lot. <laughs> of course. Um, but, but, you, but you were following the rules at the same yeah, time. Yeah, following the rules. You've got your mask. Um, one little tip I'd say is bring lots of spare masks because they get kind of damp and yucky and the, the worst, you know, you don't want to be sitting there for 17 hours with the same mask on. It's a, it's a good tip. So that's, a, that's a long flight to be in your, the same In your mask. hand luggage, I'd say bring, you know, a number of spare masks. Um, yeah. But look, the flight was incredible um, on the Dreamliner. I... You know, I'm 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 fairly new to point hacks and I'm new to point hacking, so it was actually my first um, international business class flight, which is incredibly exciting. Turning left for the first time, I, yeah, it was a life changing moment. It's a good feeling. It was a very good feeling. It's also addicting. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've flown 17 hours. You're landing in London Heathrow, not typically known as being a particularly yeah, uh, enjoyable experience at, at, at the worst of times, and yeah, what was that like at the moment? I was incredibly surprised. So yeah, I wasn't expecting the the best. Um, you know, I was expecting a bit of a you know a hellish experience going through Heathrow a number of hours. I literally breezed through. I didn't look at my watch, but I would say it was under half an hour. I kid you not. So as you know, coming from Australia, being a member of the Commonwealth, you get to go through the e passport. Um, kind of express, you know, express lane. So you don't even have to talk to someone. You just scan your passport um, and, you know, they take a kind of photo of your face and you literally, you know, it was that easy. So no additional documentation that you had to submit on no, landing? No, it was, no, nothing on landing. It was just that um, UK passenger locator form that you got to, they, they check that when you board in Australia yeah. or wherever you board. And to. you, you yeah. didn't need to do a COVID test before leaving Australia? No, there was no COVID test to get on the Qantas flight um, out of Australia. There's no requirement. And then there was no COVID test required to land in the UK. So I breezed through Heathrow, got my bag, something I didn't realize about, 
flying business, your bags come out first. That's great. <laughs> so I thought, oh, look, there's my bag. You know, how, it was like, how f- lucky am I? Yeah, how no lucky way. am I? I've got a business class. It was ticket, the third yeah. bag out. So I, yeah, breezed out of Heathrow in under half an hour. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, which is, you know, something I'm, I'm hoping to see that yeah. again myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so what's London like at the moment? London is honestly great at the moment. It's the thing about London is everything's open. Mm. There are basically no COVID restrictions. So there's no density limits. You don't need to check in anywhere. You don't need to wear your mask anywhere unless you personally want to. Right. So, so public transport. Public transport. Taxis, you don't need Ubers. to. You don't need to. I went to see um, a show in the West End, Phantom of the Opera, which is incredible. Of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> um, and, you know, we were, we were pretty tightly packed in there actually. And, you know, there's no masks unless you want to wear a mask. Mm. Um, so I think something else, about, something else about London is that everything's open, but there are very few queues. That's interesting. So you've, you've got a lot of the attractions that as a tourist you would normally want to go to. But yeah. because tourism hasn't quite picked up to yeah. pre-COVID levels, that's right. You can actually go and see more things. Yeah. So, look, I, I waltzed into the National Gallery, no queues. I waltzed into Westminster Abbey, no queues. The only two places I saw queues, to be honest, were at the London Eye, um, the big, you know, massive Ferris wheel. But luckily, I'd booked fast track entry, which I highly recommend. So, I kind of waltzed in there as well. And then the other going past, I was on the hop on, hop off bus, the red buses, and went past Madame Tussauds, the uh, wax, ma- wax museum. That had a queue. But yeah. other than that, literally, it was just so easy to get around and to go and see things. So, London, quite viably on the cards at the moment. Yeah. If you want to do a, yeah, want to really. do a trip, want to do a holiday, want to, a bit, want to be a bit of a tourist. Um, yeah. It's a good time to go. I would say it's a great time to go. Yeah, especially now that the uh, the weather's going to start warming up in the UK. Yeah. It must have been a bit chilly when you were there. Actually, yes. The the So, I was there for three days. The first day was actually quite nice. Like, the sun was was you know, was out quite a lot. It was like 11 or 12 degrees. I thought this is great. But then, yeah, it got chilly and it got windy. We should specify for the listeners at home that Antonia was there at the start of March. Yeah, start of March. So, start of spring, you know, in inverted commas, spring. It was still chilly. Yeah, you you passed the worst of the winter. (laughs) Yeah. But it's still not warm. No, not the warmest. But yeah, it was great. So, after what sounds like a pretty smooth sailing trip to London... You're only there for a few days, so I'm sure you're only just getting over the jet lag yeah. before Point Hacks is making you get back on yeah. a number of it's planes really to get hard. home. It's really hard. Oh, poor me. <laughs> um, what was the trip lo- trip back like? The trip back was great. I mean, I got to experience uh, you know a lot of variety in terms of business class products. So How was KLM? I'm curious. KLM was incredible. I was talking to someone last night and we were saying, you know, you get you get a vibe with an airline. You kind of it's 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 not just you know they they're, they're different. They have different feelings, and KLM just had a great feeling right from the start. So I was actually I had quite a long transit in Amsterdam. So I was at the KLM Crown Lounge for a number of hours, which was really lovely. And I got a sense there that the the Dutch staff, like the KLM staff, they were just really warm and welcoming, but completely down to earth and non pretentious. So. You know, they were just being themselves but in this lovely way and then boarded the the KLM flight in Amsterdam and, yeah, just got the same feeling. And it, it, it was kind of really charming and whimsical and they took great pride in what they did. The safety and the kind of COVID, you know, the, the cleaning measures they were going to were really quite impressive. I think they've won like an international award for that. But what I loved was the, 
you know, the charming blue and white Delft print everywhere. Even in the toilet, they had a, you know, it was one side of it was wallpapered with blue and white Delft print. There was a vase with a fake tulip. The the amenity kit was beautiful. The staff were incredible. They couldn't do enough for you. And it was just a genuinely great experience. I can't wait to go back. Absolutely. Well, I mean, especially considering that there's a lot of Australian travelers that probably haven't had the chance to experience it yet. Yeah, so, so I would highly recommend it. Um, my poor, you know, the cabin crew, the woman who was kind of serving me, I had a great seat. I was right at the front in 1K. She was so, so lovely and, and tolerant. And, you know, I'm pointing a camera in her face constantly and she's offering me a glass of champagne. I said, like, do you mind if I take a video and some photos? She's like, sure. Um, so really, really nice. Um, yeah, so I should just mention to come back to Australia – um, to get back into Australia, there are a few different COVID requirements. So, so let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So you do need to get back into Australia, you do need a negative COVID test. Mm. So it can be a PCR test or as I would recommend, because um, it's much easier, it can be a medically supervised rat test. So, so that's what I did. So you did the medically supervised yeah. rat test. And, that, and what what did you specifically need to do there to have that? Yeah. So you want to... I would recommend booking in your medically supervised rat test. You can do it at the airport, but I just, you know, that's a little bit last minute for me. So I just booked it in, um, I think it has to be in the 72 hours before you arrive in Australia. I th- I'm pretty sure that was the requirement. Yeah, obviously check. Check the, that. Check, check the yeah, current things COVID may, requirements yeah. when you fly because things are changing Things are rapidly. changing, but that's what it was at the time. So I'd booked it in for my last day in London in the afternoon, um, you know, found a place um, that was – you know, that printed out, that was all kind of by the book that that gave you the documentation that you needed. It was in Paddington Station um, in London. It was super simple. Turned up, they did the rat. It took just like a few minutes. They said, oh, yep, it's worked. I can see the, you know, the line starting to appear. Sent you on your way. 40 minutes later, I got an email with my um, test result attached. You know, it was kind of <laughs> nervously opening it. Um, but there it was, negative. Um, and I got my hotel to print it. So, again... <laughs> Print, print everything. Print everything. So, yeah, so the requirements to fly back into Australia were you needed – well, you needed your international COVID certificate to get on the plane Obviously. in the UK. Yep. You needed your um, negative COVID test, whether that be PCR or medically supervised rat test. Um, you also need the Australia Digital Passenger Declaration. So that's a relatively new um, kind of digital form that came in a few weeks ago that everyone needs to complete, including returning citizens. Um so again, um, did that online, but printed it. Um, that probably the 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 longest and most onerous queue I encountered in the whole, in terms of like checking COVID documentation, was in Amsterdam. So you know, I boarded my BA flight from London to Amsterdam, and then I was in the Crown Lounge in Amsterdam, um, and they said, "Look, you might just they on my they'd written down for me um, my flight was leaving at eight twenty five p.m. and they'd written boarding at six twenty five. I said, "Oh, is that a mistake?" Like. They said, no, 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 you need to allow some time to get through this document queue. So I turned up. Um, the document queue was before before the gate and there was an enormous queue stretching back into the airport. I thought, oh, no. Um, but then, you know, being a, a business class and priority member, they, they, were, they called you right to the front. I, I almost felt guilty. I actually offered for the woman at the front of the normal queue, like, do you want to go take my place? And then everyone said, no, no, your business, you've got to go first. And I was like, okay. So, yeah, I waltzed through that queue as well. The value of points and I know, booking a business class seat. Um, so, uh, so the document, the document line in Amsterdam and, you know, I, I'm curious because you also stopped via Singapore on the yeah. way back as well. What, what documents were you showing in that line? 
Yeah. So in in Amsterdam, it was it was the international COVID certificate. It was the negative COVID test. It was the Australia digital passenger declaration, and there was a Netherlands form called something, some sort of health health declaration form, um, which again it says when you fill it in online, it's a very it's a very small, very simple form, just one page. Um, it says you know when you fill it in online, you can you can show a digital copy, but they recommend printing it. Print it. Um, so it was those. Yeah, it was those and, documents. And Singapore? Yeah, but Singapore was actually great. So I got to Singapore and um, asked a couple of people and they directed me to this transfer gate C. So I went to transfer gate C and kind of queued for a little bit and I assumed I had to show my documents all again. But once I got to the head of the queue, um, she said, have you got a boarding pass to Australia? I said, yes. She said, okay, you're fine. So once you've got that boarding pass, if you if you get that boarding pass in London. They've assumed that the documents yeah, have been cited. exactly. Yes, I guess the good thing to point out there is you really should be looking up the rules and requirements of places that you are transiting through. Some places Absolutely. like Singapore uh, are fine, no issues, but um, with Amsterdam, obviously, there was some extra mm, documentation. Yeah, and and to be honest, I was I was lucky with transiting in Singapore because a few weeks before I flew, they changed the requirements. So up until a few weeks um, prior, I couldn't even – I had to just – transiting passengers couldn't go out into the airport or use any of the lounges that you just had to wait at a special kind of holding <laughs> holding cell um but they yeah luckily a few weeks before i went they they opened it up and so you can freely move about the um the airport um yeah go to the lounge that's great and then landing back in australia yeah landing in australia um was again really really easy you've got to fill in your incoming passenger card as, you, as you would yep. normally um you know, the e-passport um, breezed through that. Um, customs, yeah, it was very, very quick. And no, no additional no, COVID declarations? No, no. Apart from that Australia digital passenger declaration, which you've already done. Um, no, easy. Brilliant. Um, so, I guess like this all comes to the crux of it. It sounds like it's not a bad time to start booking flights, especially it depends where you want to go. So London, as yeah. an example, yeah. is a destination that you can fly to at the moment and get into with relative ease and operate with relative ease. Yeah, like <clears throat> London is, is you know, super simple right now, probably one of the easiest destinations to fly to. Like we have one of our riders, uh, Brandon, who's flying to Fiji tomorrow um, for a point hacks trip and – He's, you know, he's got to do a, a test before before he boards the flight to Fiji. He's kind of, he's only there for three days. So, he's kind of got to stay in a in a, a beautiful resort. But, you know, he's got to stay within the resort or do just like approved activities. So, you know, it's, London is just so easy, so open right now. Um, you know, there are a couple of, you know, extra steps you need to still jump through, even though you don't need the test, um, the COVID test to get into the UK. You know, you still need, you know, to fill in a couple of those forms. Um, on the way home, you do need the test um, and you do need a couple of the forms. So really what I'd say is just allow a little bit of extra time, um, you know, whether it's the night before you travel or to fill in these forms that need to be done in the, you know, 48, 72 hours before you travel, um, you know, allow allow 20 minutes to fill in this these forms. And if you possibly can, print everything. 
Well, I mean, this is the the first of many trips that Point Hacks has yeah. planned um, over the next year, which obviously we'll, we'll, we want to share the experience of the destination themselves and, and the flights, but we'll yeah. also be giving updates on what it's like to travel in, 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 current, uh, in the current COVID situations. And yeah. as things change, we'll be giving updates as well. But uh, it's great to hear that you can get on a plane to London and yeah, you know, it actually was, go it there. It was an incredible trip. I, I, I had an amazing time. Um, yeah, and I'd really say to all of our all of our listeners, like, you know, get booking. It's it's a great time to fly. So, final question for you: After this podcast, are you going to walk down the street to Officeworks and buy a printer? I've, I've actually got a printer. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Damn you, printer sitting in my cupboard. <laughs> well, thanks, Antonia. It's been great chatting. Yeah, and thanks I'm sure a lot, Dave. I'm, I know you're, you're still battling against a bit of the jet lag from your from just yeah. having just landed. Yeah. Um, but great having you on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure uh, keen-eyed uh, listeners or visitors to the uh, to the website will be. Uh, we'll be seeing some articles uh, about this trip on our Absolutely. site. Absolutely, thirteen um, of them. And I'm expecting. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the KLM review myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was great. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Great chatting. All to right, you. thanks, guys. Well, uh, we'll speak to you all again on the uh, next Points of View podcast. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.